Alright, so we'll get started on Switch Lights. So, um, tell us what what is what is a Switch Lug? Alright, so a Switch Lug is a barrel retention device. That's a fancy way of saying it's a clamp that holds a barrel in the receiver and keeps it from backing out and getting, getting loose. Okay. Um, what it does is it allows a guy the ability to take one action, one stock or chassis, one optic, and change the capabilities of that rifle by having user interchangeable barrels. So okay. he can take one gun and he can have that as a heavy PRS mash gun, a NRL hunter gun, an actual hunting rifle if he wants, you know. Believe it or not, yeah, people do hunt with their hunter rifles sometimes. So that's what it allows you to do. I mean, you, you get a lot of capabilities from it. Um, it is, strictly speaking, a, a clamp system, or depending on the action and the type of switch lug, it's a clamp system and a recoil absorbing device, a recoil lug, if you will, uh, that also retains your barrel in place. So it doesn't do away with the action threads, your barrel still screws into your action just like it would on any normal gun. Um, the barrel still has a torqued shoulder, so the barrel tightens up and shoulders up and comes to a hard stop, comes to the same place in the action every time. Okay. Uh, that's something that differentiates it a lot, and when we, when we first designed it and released it to market, you know, that was one of the questions that we got a lot because people had seen you know, a barrel nut system before. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, a rimage or a savage right. type nut, and um, you know the constant thing was that was well, with, you know, do I need headspace gauges? Do I need to reset my headspace every time I put a barrel in this? No, because this is still a shoulder barrel. This screws into the receiver. The only difference is the torque shoulder on the barrel is now shouldering up against the face of the lug rather than the face of the action. And so your headspace repeats okay. every time when you put a barrel on. If you screw that barrel back into the same place every time, your headspace is the same. You're not resetting your headspace, nothing alters your headspace, it's always the same point. Uh, that makes it a very repeatable system when you're taking a barrel on and putting it back on again. Uh, that barrel holds its own zero, so it will repeat its zero within plus or minus a half minute is what we what we okay. do as a tolerance. If we pull this barrel off of this rifle and it's zero to 100 yards, we should be able to screw that barrel back into this receiver, retorque the switch lug, and we should still be zeroed within plus or minus a half in the way. That's awesome. That was so. That was maybe one of the things I asked was, so what? Um, so that having that barrel come off and and back on, how about like what would you say? You know, like if we were to take this from a saw to like a six five creep more, what kind of offset do you generally see like switching? cartridges and so offsets are a like weird that. thing a lot of guys at first thought they think that their offset is going to be caliber specific so they think hey I'm going from a slow cartridge to a fast cartridge this is going to shoot different elevation honestly offset has more to do with that individual barrel okay so most of the time it's differences in that particular barrel blank um, general offsets that you see most barrels will all shoot somewhere within about one mil of each other in point of impact. So three okay. and a half, four in the way. There's a few that'll step out from that. And generally your outliers are gonna be when you drastically change the construction of a barrel. So let's say we go gotcha. from a 20 inch, super lightweight carbon fiber to a, you know, a, I don't know, 
26 inch MTU. Gotcha. That may change quite a bit because there's a significant difference in barrel weight and length. Mm -hmm. And they may change a good bit. Um, on my rifles, so like my NRL hunter gun, I've got a 26 inch saw barrel on it. I also have a uh, 25 inch M40 contour six creed more barrel. Okay. I shoot that six creed. I'll probably shoot that at Box Canyon more than likely. Okay. Because I don't have to load for it. That's where I'm at. I have, yeah. I have a little bit more money than time. Not by much, but I'm getting there. Uh, anyway, between those two barrels, so if I shoot that 6 Creed, that M40 Contour 6 Creed with a suppressor on it, versus that carbon barrel with a brake on it, between those two barrels, the 6 Creed shoots 2.5 inches high. It has no winded shift. It goes straight up. Okay. Now, that's not every barrel right most barrels will have a winded shift and an elevation shift between right barrel to barrel uh, that one works out really lucky okay it's a straight up shift and all you do is tell your kestrel that you have a zero offset you don't even change your turrets uh, that's best case scenario yeah you know worst case scenario you've got you know eight tenths of a mil left or right and you've got three or four tenths higher low generally you know we do a lot of multi-barrel sets and so what we typically do if we're doing a rifle with multiple barrels, whichever barrel shoots the lowest, that's the one we use as a zero point on our turret. Okay. And then when we go to our next barrel, you're dialing up and you're not resetting a zero stop. Or you're just telling your Kestrel, depending on how much it is, you're telling it that you have a zero offset. And you may only change your windage setting. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking, you know, Worst case scenario, you know, you go from your hunting setup to a match setup and you take it out and just throw a piece of paper up or something, you know, you're still... You're, you're always going to be on the same piece of paper, you know, like, you're, you're never going to have a barrel on here that you put up a 12 by 12 target at 100 and you shoot the next burn over, like, no, if, if you had an issue like that, you have an alignment problem in that barrel or in that action or you didn't put it on right, you know, uh, it's, it's amazing how often, and this is just kind of an interesting thing from shooting a couple hundred different rifles a year, um, you know, I've got scopes that are just test scopes. They just mm -hmm. sit in the test room. If we're gonna send a rifle out the door that we're not furnishing an optic for, when we go to test fire that rifle, we're gonna throw one of these shop scopes on. When we're looking at our actions, uh, whether it's our cap rock, or let's say it's an Impact 737, Zermatt TL3, um, any of these actions that are built on a similar footprint that have the same amount of cant built into the rail, so those are all 20 minute cant rails, you almost never have to drastically change your turrets. That's awesome. Like across all of those rifles, they're pretty well all gonna shoot within about three in the way of each other when you put that scope on. That's awesome. Yeah. I would not have guessed that. Yeah. It's an interesting thing, um, you know, it's just, it's one of those things that's a testament to how good our action manufacturers are, how good our, our ring makers are today. You know, the guys that are in this industry producing parts, um, it's not because we're magical rifle builders. We're good builders and we put our heart and soul into this, but there's a whole bunch of guys that do. Right. The components that we're getting to use today are light years ahead of what people could build on in say 2009. Yeah. That's awesome. So 
I don't know if you can if you have one in, in mind, but what's been your favorite uh, switch lug setup that you've done? Oh, like rifle setup? Yeah, like oh, yeah, like someone either you know did, did something crazy or drastic change or, or favorite cartridge combo. Man, that's a hard one to answer. Um, you know, because it runs the gamut. Right. It's it's so so varied in what you can do. Um, you know, this is pretty recent, but honestly, a six arc bolt gun, like okay. a little short six arc barrel, and then pair that with a you know a seven saw or a six five PRC on the top as a as a hunting cartridge. That's pretty cool. You That's know, like yeah, it's it's uber fun to shoot. We've got a customer. Uh, guy named Mark that we built a rifle for years ago, built some rifles for his buddies. And he did, he did a TL3 action. Mm -hmm. And I think he did a, either a 204 Ruger or a 223 on the small end. And he went from there up to, I think seven saw on this one wow. rifle. Ended up with like six or seven barrels. I mean, and just literally had every base covered. And to me, that was really cool. Yeah. That is awesome. So that's, so that's what I was going to say. So, like, I have one on a TL3. And so, like, I I liked it because I can do the interchangeable bolt heads. Yeah. You know, I'm doing a 223 barrel for me right now. When I shoot out the other 6.5 PRC barrel, because I didn't have this gun at the time, I want to have a 6.5 PRC done yeah. for that one. And just being able to literally go from... Oh yeah. I mean anything. I mean, and I want to do the two two three barrels. Going to end up being my trainer. Sure. For, sure. For PRS and uh, I don't know. I just think it's when I got. I was I was telling Doug and, and Sloan uh, when I got mine. Uh, Y'all had the twenty two GT barrel on it, and I was getting ready to break it in the dasher, and I I hadn't messed with it yet. Yeah, and I had a million things going on in the morning. I was trying to get all this stuff. I was actually I was headed here, and undid it, threaded it off, went and grabbed the other barrel, and I was sitting there thinking of what I needed to do. And then I and I torqued it back, and I was like, "That was one of the coolest things I've ever done with a gun." And yeah. I and I know y'all do it every day, but yeah. like for us normal folks, uh, it it was it was such a cool thought to be able to like within a minute yeah. to completely change everything yeah just reconfigure it um i would say you know this is one that that i don't know that it's my favorite build but it's one that's really cool to me so we have a rifle it's actually serial number one of the caprock series right and it'll, it'll go in the museum one of these days but it's a manor cs stock you know a little bitty collapsible cs mm -hmm. uh we put a full length arc rail in the front of it that gun we have a, a 22 inch carbon fiber saw barrel on it and it'll also take that same 25 inch MTU 6 Creedmoor now you think about it and you're like okay why would a guy put a freaking 25 inch MTU contour 6 Creed on a CS stock well it's because I've got a 10 year old boy and an 8 year old boy and so that one rifle lives with us through about October it goes in the pickup and it lives in the pickup from October till the end of youth deer season in January. And it kills everything that we see. <laughs> you know, both kids hunt with it. If I go hunting, I shoot it. The three of us share that gun for three months out of the year, four months out of the year. And then we throw that big monster six Creed barrel on it and we go shoot youth PRS matches. 
And so is that my favorite build or the coolest build? No, but that one's got the memories in it. And that one's pretty fun because of the mileage that gets put on that gun, you know? That is really cool. It's, it's pretty awesome to be able to throw a rifle across your back and know, hey, I could take this on an elk hunt and I could strap this to the side of this pack while I'm packing out quarters, but I could hand this to my son and he's gonna shoot his first match with it. And he did. So that's pretty cool. That is awesome. I think that's that that speaks a lot more than yeah, I can switch to a bigger caliber. Yeah, I, I think that I'm I'm sentimental. I think yeah, the stuff is uh, it's pretty cool. It's um, it's a neat thing to do. It's not all about it's not all about how big of a cartridge can I shoot. It's what what are the memories gonna be that get made with that gun? Yeah, and that changes. Yes. Um, okay, so last thing. So you, you mentioned a lot of different actions that y'all have done. And actually, just real quick, what is, can you touch on what the Caprock is, what y'all's action is? Yeah, sure. So we have two actions that we build off of uh, on our, our own rifles. So if you, if you call us up and go, hey, you know, I want to build this rifle with y'all from the ground up. I'm a West Texas Ordnance Gun. I want y'all to furnish every part of it. Um, in most cases, we're going to build off of either our Claymore action which is gonna be a round-bodied action, integrated recoil lug built as part of the action body, uh, pinned and screwed scope bases on top, Okay, one-piece bolt. Okay, Caprock action is gonna be same bolt design, same integrated recoil lug as part of the action body, but the scope bases are gonna be machined into that body as well. Okay. So the Caprocks are gonna be an alpine cut over the top. Uh, they can be configured in most cases, especially on long action rifles, they can be configured as a BDL setup, you know, with a hinged floor plate or a detachable mag. Uh, but you've got the ability, you know, you've got that really rigid scope mounting system, which I think is a great thing. Um, I'm not against rifles where you screw on scope bases or rings. They work great, right. just fine. The nice thing about that is, especially for guys who are gonna travel with their rifles, it's very easy to pull that scope off of that gun and maintain a little more positive control of your scope yeah. when you're traveling. Okay. Or just use a different scope. I mean, we have customers, this is this is a good spot to be in life, I would say, but we have guys who have scopes matched to their barrels. So, I've got a Collis 318 in my saw barrel. Okay. I'm gonna go throw on my 223 and I'm gonna put on my Swarrow Z8 Two to sixteen for shooting Man, at night. You know, freaking like, rifle goals. <laughs> life goals right there, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh that's we, funny. We have guys that, you know, have multiple optics and QD mounts and hey, that's zeroed for this barrel. And that is actually really cool. Yes. I I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah. It it does well for him, so. Hmm. Okay, and so can y'all do the can y'all do the switch log on on any action or any Rimton clone action? Almost. Okay. Almost. So there's there's quite a few different models of the switch lug itself. So if you know if you go on our website, go to the switch lug product page, mm -hmm. you're gonna find a lot of options because okay. we build them for a lot of different actions. When we designed the product, uh, we were actually using Stiller as a as an OEM. Okay. So our actions matched like the Stiller TAC 30 and Predator style uh, recoil lug system. Okay. So the first switch lug we designed was designed around that Stiller recoil lug pinhole spacing and so okay. we use that that's what we call the standard switch lug you can still buy it today it's a drop-in fit to a stiller action 
And that's what we use if we're going to go to a straight Remington 700, if we're going to retrofit a, a factory Remington action. Okay. Since then, of course, you know, the trend in custom actions in a large part is going towards actions that have an integrated recoil lug as part of the action body. Mm-hmm. So we came out with what we call the IL switch lug. And that's a switch lug for an integrated lug action. Okay. And it has no recoil bearing surface on the bottom of it. It really looks like a ring. It pins to the face of the action. So most actions out there on the market today that use a pinned recoil lug, we've probably got a switch lug that's a direct fit for that. Okay. And if it's an action that has an integrated recoil lug as part of the receiver body, then we're probably going to use the IL for that. And all it requires for use is we've got to drill those index pin holes in the face of the action. Okay. It's pretty straightforward. That covers just about every custom action you can work with. We also have a switch lug model for the Tika T3 that's specific to the Tika action. Okay. That's a great action to work off of. Um, yeah, I didn't realize y'all had that one. We do, and it's you know it works very well on that platform. The Tika's gained a lot of popularity because it's a really well-built action. It's very user serviceable in a lot of ways, uh, and it's fairly light. You know, so we see a lot of guys build some really cool hunting rifles off of that Tika action. So. We offer the lug for that too. Exactly. I'm gonna double check this real quick. Make yeah, sure, make sure you're right out. Yeah, we're about to. Go ahead. Oh yeah, we're good. We're good. Um, and then okay, so uh, short action, long action, mm-hmm. no problem. No problem. And you just did a 338 action. Yes, we did. Was that the first one? Uh, no. Okay. No. So we've done 338s for a long time. Uh, that's a common question we have is is you know how big of a cartridge can I put in this? Well, it really depends on action size. Um, we've done a ton, talking about cool builds, this is always cool to me, we've done quite a few big bore calibers. So 375 H&H, uh, 338 Lapua, 300 Norma, these kind of things. What really determines it is the, the thread tenon size that the action's gonna take. Okay. So most of your Remington pattern actions are going to use a 1 and 1 16th inch diameter tenon thread. Okay. A switch lug will accommodate any barrel tenon that's an inch and a 16th diameter. Where you kind of get into a different area is when you get into some of the Lapua sized actions that use a larger thread tenon. Okay. So one of the rifles we did, and this is probably what you're thinking about, we just did a 338 Lapua that was a Stiller TAC 338 yep. action. Well, the TAC 338 uses an inch and an eighth thread tenon. Okay. So it's about 62 thousandths larger in diameter. So that was the first one we've done on a TAC 338 action. We gotcha. do have a bigger bore switch lug coming out to, to cater to those guys who are running an action with that big thread tenon. So that'll cover things like a Stiller TAC 338. Uh, you can put it on a Surgeon uh, 1581 XL. Okay. They have a big tank action for 338 Lapua that's that's phenomenal. It's a great action. Weighs about 82 pounds. It's really cool. <laughs> uh, you know, but but it, it's adaptable to that. Okay. You know, that'll also work with. Um, I think it'll work with some of the bat actions. Um, trying to think who else. There's several out there that use that larger tenon, and so we're working to bring something to market to you know to cater to that too. Okay. That opens up a few doors as far as some of the, what I would consider lighter ELR cartridges. Right. You know, and that doesn't get you into the 460 Styro territory. 
but it, it gets you it gets you above a three thirty eight for sure. So I ha- I have to ask on that when I get ready to do a three seventy five shot tap build, can we look at that? I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> we we have had that question. Um, I'll put it this way. Somewhere in the back of the mind, it's still rolling around. We're not going to say no. That's valid. We're not going to say no, just not today. So when I want to be able to go from a 375 back to my 308, are we going to be able to do that? (laughs) I'm sure. Are you going to build a couple of rifles? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was was having a conversation with a friend today, and we were just talking about funny gun stories that you get. And he had had a dude call him wanting desperately to build a big long action, all right, probably 300 millimeter or something, you know, freaking tank rifle for 94 CLR. But he wanted to be able to go down to 223 for training. And that's a no go. Yeah. Yeah. That's all that. I mean, I'm stoked to be able to go from a short action magnum to a 223. Yeah. I mean, that's. That's kind of it. Yeah. That's. There's, the there's a point where. And this is generally what we see when we start looking at, at bigger cartridges. Um, there's a, You get to a point where the actual employment of the rifle is different. And yeah. you need a different gun. Yeah, as I say, you're going to be switching there. I mean, just, yeah. just because you can't have more than one barrel doesn't mean that's always the answer. Yeah, I'm not going to... I wouldn't set my 338 up the same as I'm going to no. set my 223 up. Absolutely not. So, yeah, definitely not. That's valid. Okay, so... Kind of like wrapping up, uh, we did on the other one, tell people where they can find information on the switch lug if they want to get one built. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so. Actually, and sorry, before you get on that, I didn't even think, can if they have other rifle builders or anything like that, can is the switch lug available to purchase? Yes. They want to go that route? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, you know, you can purchase a switch lug um, as a standalone part. Okay. Your gun builder can buy it. If you have a reputable gunsmith who knows how to properly operate things, which he should be if he's building the rifle for you. Right. He can install a switch lug. Okay. Uh, installation instructions are on our website. You go to the switch lug product page, you can download them, you can print them out. We can send you a copy of them that has the dimensions, the whole locations, the things you need to know to install it properly. Okay. Uh, it's not a complicated installation. Anybody who has the ability to turn a normal barrel can turn a barrel for a switch lug too. Okay. It's not it's one of those things, there's there's no magic sauce in it. It's a simple design that's reliable. Uh, as far as where you can find it, obviously you can go to our website, westtexordnance.com. Okay. Find us on Facebook, West Texas Ordnance. Instagram, we're on there for whatever the handle is. I don't know these things. West Texas Ordnance with the underscores. With underscores. There we go. At least you know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that, we're easy to find. You can always hit the Google button. The, well, the thing that drives me nuts, and I don't know if it's a, I, I don't think it's a, a username issue. I think it's a Instagram ghost, whatever. Yeah. But I, I have to physically type out every, like when I'm tagging you all and stuff, yeah. I have to write out West underscore Texas underscore. And then once I, when I get to the second N in ordinance, it'll finally put it. And it, I'm yeah. just like, Big tech at its freaking finest. Oh yeah, that's great. I got I got flagged by Facebook today for a picture of a proof research barrel. 
I violated the community guidelines. I am a violator. I, uh, I, I, I tested it a little bit a couple days ago just yeah. to see if I would get uh, uh, tagged. And I, what was it? Um, oh, I posted a picture of a Dasher, a, a 6.5 Creedmoor, and a 300 PRC. And, and I just said, you know, like, which one are you choosing? Yeah. And uh, um, someone commented on, like, well, what are we? What are we hunting? And I, and I said, do you you pick whitetail, T Rex, corrupt, poly, and then like cut it off and sit, steal targets? And I was like, I wanted to see how much, <laughs> how far you go with this. Yeah, and I had politicians spelled out more, uh, and I backed it up a little bit. And I was like, but it, I'm still on Facebook. So. <laughs> You're there. You're better than me. It worked. So okay, awesome. I. I greatly appreciate it. And if you do want a switch lug, they, it is the most freaking useful thing I've ever put on a rifle. Like, legitimately. And it's, it's pretty it's, serious, man. It's dummy proof enough that I can use it when I'm stressed and thinking about other things. So, it's, um, you know, the return to zero thing is always a big question that people have. Um, I think it was the 2016? Yeah. 2016 PRS finale. Uh, this was before we took to market, so we were still beta testing, if you will. Like we had a built, I had one on my rifle. We were running it to see if it work. I go up to a stage on at the end of day one, and my sling broke. So it was a stage you had to carry all your gear. You had to run up this little hill and then shot. Throw all my stuff on my back to walk up to the stage, and my sling breaks, and down goes my rifle, like barrel first into the ground. And I'm like, crap, what do I do now? So I pulled that barrel off right there. Took the barrel off, checked the barrel, made sure it still looked visually straight, you know, yeah. like it landed on a rock, and uh, put it back on, shot the rest of the match. Never resumed the gun. Nothing. Stayed there. And it, you know, it held zero, went right back to where it was zeroed, and that's freaking awesome. Yeah, shot, and I think the last target on day two, you know, we had a fifteen hundred and ten yard target, and still tagged fifteen at it. So it that's worked. awesome. Yeah. After that, we felt like okay, if if it survives Clayton, it can go to market, because if something can be broken, I'm the guy who's going to tear it up. Well, it's Marines, right? That's I mean, it. Y'all are, are kind of known that's for it. it. That's it. 